Wisdom, the final frontier to true knowledge. Welcome to Wisdom Trek, where our mission is to create a legacy of wisdom, to seek out discernment and insights, to boldly grow where few have chosen to grow before. Hello, my friend. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your captain on our journey to increase wisdom and create a living legacy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore wisdom on our second millennium of podcast. This is day 1066 of our trek, and it is Wisdom Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important in order to have a proper perspective of today's current events. To establish a biblical worldview, it is required that we have a proper understanding of God's Word. Especially in our Western cultures, we do not fully understand the scriptures from the mindset and the cultures of the authors. In order to help us all have a better understanding of some of the more obscure passages in God's Word, we are investing Wisdom Wednesdays, reviewing a series of essays from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. He has compiled these essays into a book titled, I Dare You Not to Bore Me with the Bible. What is the purpose or significance of baptism? In today's essay, we will explore passages that cover... The Spiritual Warfare of Baptism A pastor had been preaching a series of messages through 1 Peter. When it was time for 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 14-22, through 22, he sincerely announced, We are going to skip this section, since it is just too strange. He was right and wrong that day. As odd as it is, this passage is one of the most compelling in the New Testament, if you understand what it is saying. Listen as I read the passage today. But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if anyone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do it in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that is what God wants, than suffer for doing wrong. Christ suffered for all of our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the Spirit. So when he went and preached to the spirits in prison, those who had disobeyed God long ago, when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat, Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by removing the dirt from your body, but as a response to God for a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated in the place of honor next to God and all the angels and authorities and powers except his authority. The theme of 1 Peter is that Christians must withstand persecution and persevere in their faith. To understand how our odd passage fits this theme, we need to get our heads around the concepts of types or typology, a kind of prophecy that occurs in the Bible. We're most familiar with prophecies directly from the mouth of a prophet. But a type is an unspoken prophecy. It is an event, person, or institution that foreshadows something that will come. For example, Paul tells us that Adam was a type of Christ. He foreshadowed or echoed something about Jesus. Namely, his work on the cross would affect all people, just as Adam's disobedience had a global effect in Romans chapter 5, verse 14. 
1 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 22 also uses typology. The passage presumes that events associated with Genesis 6 typifies or foreshadows the gospel and the resurrection. The episode of Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, where angelic beings, or the sons of God, cohabitated with human women, is the catalyst to the wickedness that brought about the judgment of the flood, and this was especially significant. For Peter, these events were commemorated during baptism. Peter was evidently familiar with the Jewish traditions about Genesis chapter 6. Jewish writers prior to the New Testament era taught that God sent Enoch to inform the fallen sons of God that they were doomed for what they had done, and this is found in the book of Enoch. These angelic beings were, according to Jewish traditions, held in prison under the earth. Peter saw a theological analogy in these ideas. Just as Jesus was the second Adam for Paul, Jesus was the second Enoch for Peter. Enoch descended to the imprisoned fallen angels to announce their doom. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 14 through 22 has Jesus descending to the spirits in prison, these fallen angels. He tells them that they were defeated despite his crucifixion. God's plan of salvation and the ruling of his kingdom was still intact. In fact, it was right on schedule. The crucifixion actually meant victory over every demonic force that was opposed to God. This victory declaration is why 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 22, ends with Jesus risen from the dead and set at the right hand of God, above all angels, authorities, and powers. How does this relate to baptism? It explains the logic of the passages. The two words in verse 21 needs reconsideration in light of this backdrop. The word most often translated appeal which is aperitima in verse 21, is best understood as pledge. Likewise, the word conscious, sunidesis, does not refer to the inner voice of right and wrong here. Rather, the word refers to an attitude or decision to reflect one's loyalty. Baptism, then, is not what produces salvation. It is an oath of loyalty to the risen Savior, a public proclamation of who is on the Lord's side in this cosmic war between good and evil. It is also a versatile reminder to the defeated fallen angels. Every baptism is a reiteration of their doom in the wake of the gospel and the kingdom of God. Early Christians understood the typology in this passage and its link back to the fallen angels in Genesis chapter 6. Early baptismal formulas included a renunciation of Satan and his angels for this very reason. Baptism is still spiritual warfare. And that will conclude our essay for this week. Next week on Wednesday, we will continue in the New Testament as we look at Dr. Heiser's next essay titled, Jesus is God. I believe that you'll find this another interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow, we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer, which will help you to lighten up and live a rich and satisfying life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 1,065 treks or read the wisdom journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on your favorite podcast player so that each day will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, 
Let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.